Hi, I'm your host, Lillian Yang. And I'm your host, Fakri Shafai. And you're listening to Food Nonfiction, the incredible true stories behind food. Hey there, food buffs. On our last episode, we told you the incredible true story of the town of Hershey, Pennsylvania, a town known for chocolate and somewhere I think we all want to visit. Visit? I want to live there. (laughs) And today, we're continuing that chocolate conversation by talking about one of the most well-known treats in North America, the chocolate chip cookie. The chocolate chip cookie was brought into this world in 1938. The recipe was really simple and probably not much different than any of the other recipes you've used to make chocolate chip cookies. I know because my partner and I made a batch of chocolate chip cookies using the original recipe. So the first thing is, it says we combine the flour, um, baking soda, and salt. Can you tell me what the measurements are for that? Yep. And how much vanilla was it? One teaspoon. The chocolate chip cookie was created by Ruth Graves Wakefield in 1938 for the restaurant of the inn she owned with her husband. An inn that listeners might recognize the name of the Toll House Inn. There is some discussion on whether Wakefield created the cookie by accident or deliberately. Some sources state that the cookie was created out of necessity when Wakefield ran out of nuts for a regular ice cream cookie and replaced them with chunks of chocolate from a Nestle semi-sweet bar. We should mention here that at this time at the Toll House Inn, cookies were primarily a treat served with ice cream. And while a lot of incredible food inventions have been the result of happy accident, in this case, we sort of doubt it. Wakefield was a notorious perfectionist when it came to her restaurant, reportedly having waitresses train for three months before working their full workload of two tables. Two tables. Which might not seem like much, but was demanding given the level of precision Wakefield expected from the people who worked for her. The restaurant had a seven-page service manual for its staff, which gives you a bit of an idea of the sort of person Ruth Graves Wakefield was. Given the level of perfectionism that Wakefield expected, it's sort of hard to imagine that she would have run out of something as important to her recipe as nuts. It's more likely that she created the chocolate chip cookie deliberately. There's also the fact that Wakefield herself claims to have created the cookie on purpose, stating in an interview, quote, We had been serving a thin butterscotch nut cookie with ice cream. Everybody seemed to love it, but I was trying to give them something different, end quote. And just like that, the chocolate chip, or as Wakefield called it, the Toll House Chocolate Crunch Cookie, came into being. But how did it grow from this one restaurant to being so ubiquitous? Well, for one, Ruth Wakefield authored and published a cookbook based on the recipes of the Toll House Inn. Her cookbook, called Toll House Tried and True Recipes, included a recipe for the Toll House Chocolate Crunch Cookie in its 1938 edition. The Crunch Cookie was also featured on an episode of the Betty Crocker Cooking School of the Air which listeners might remember from our October episode of the podcast. The episode was Birth of Betty Crocker. Nestle also got in on the chocolate chip cookie craze. 
Okay, back then, Nestle was Lamont, Corliss, and company, but we'll just call them Nestle for simplicity. Yes, Nestle executives noticed that sales of their semi-sweet chocolate bar had skyrocketed in the southern New England states. We're talking about a 500% increase in sales. So they went to investigate. When they found Ruth Wakefield, they wanted an endorsement from her. But they got something even better. They got the chocolate chip cookie recipe. Wakefield originally used Nestle's chocolate for her recipe, and she was happy with the product. So on March 20th, 1939, she gave Nestle the right to use her cookie recipe and the Toll House name. The price negotiated for the deal was $1. That's right, $1 to buy the famous chocolate chip cookie recipe. Nestle then began printing Wakefield's recipe on the back of their semi-sweet bars and also started scoring the chocolate so people would know the right size to cut the pieces into for the recipe. In 1940, they introduced Toll House morsels, bags of chocolate chips, so that bakers wouldn't have to deal with cutting up the chocolate themselves. Incidentally, this is how the chip came into the name Chocolate Chip Cookies because bakers literally had to chip off pieces of chocolate from the bar for the recipe. Nestle still includes Wakefield's recipe on the back of every bag of their morsels. They've changed a bit since their original recipe in 1938, but it's still basically the same. For those interested, we'll include the original recipe in the show notes and on our Food Nonfiction Facebook page. What's the next step? You're going to add the eggs one at a time, beating well after each egg. So How there's two, two eggs. Well, how long is it to cook for? 9 to 11 minutes. Not long. Mm-mm. Sounds like cookies are fast. Nestle's packaging of the recipe certainly helped increase its popularity, but so too did their marketing during World War II. During the war, Nestle advertised that sending cookies overseas to soldiers was patriotic. And because cookies were an easy thing to make and also kept pretty well, it was a simple thing to send to soldiers. Until this time, chocolate chip cookies were largely an East Coast thing. But with soldiers receiving them overseas and sharing them with soldiers from other parts of the country, pretty soon everyone knew how great chocolate chip cookies were. And so the greatness of the chocolate chip cookie spread. And it didn't stop there. Wakefield's original recipe may still be good today, but that doesn't mean that the cookie stopped evolving. In the 1950s, both Nestle and Pillsbury began selling refrigerated chocolate chip cookie dough in supermarkets, making it even easier for people to get their cookie fix. And in 1963, Nabisco launched Chips Ahoy, packaged cookies for even easier access. And of course, there's Ben & Jerry's chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. Ruth Wakefield was one smart cookie. You might be wondering why she sold her recipe for $1. Well, you can't copyright recipes, and she couldn't protect her recipe from being reverse-engineered. So giving the recipe away with the Toll House name was a good business move on her part. Nestle had come to her for an endorsement, but she wound up getting endorsed by Nestle in a way. Nestle ads included mention of the famous Toll House Inn, giving her in lots of recognition. Today, chocolate chip cookies continue to be innovated on and used in new ways. Wakefield's original cookie recipe was for smaller, more crispy cookies, 
but you can find chocolate chip cookie recipes for small and crunchy to big and chewy and everything in between. Each year in the U.S., there are seven billion chocolate chip cookies being eaten, about fifty percent of which are homemade.、Mm, cookie dough. Do I even want the big cookies? Hmm. I can't just eat. You couldn't just eat straight cookie dough forever. It's got onion and cooked eggs in it. I know, but how much does dangerous? Sorry. How much does dangerous? I don't know. So food buffs. If you've got a cookie recipe that you think we just have to try, please send it in, and there's a chance we'll make it and tell you about it later on another episode. So, Fagri, how do you like your chocolate chip cookies? Um, pretty much any way, except for <laughs> like I don't like the really hard prepackaged ones unless I have a lot of milk that I can just dunk them in. But even then, it's not really worth no, the calories to it's me. It's not even a cookie to me at that point. Yeah. I like mine really, really like thick, chewy, and almost tasting like a block of butter with some sugar in it. I enjoy those very much, but I do enjoy some of the flatter, crispy ones, like the original、um, Toll House recipes. My mom always made those growing up, so there's a nostalgia factor there. But I also just I like that I don't feel so full, so I get more chocolate to cookie ratio because I'll eat more cookies, and there's more chocolate if there's not as much、uh, cookie dough around it. We've got food buff mail. We asked about whether any of you have had milk in bags, and lots of people wrote in to say yes. Here's an email from John M. He said, "Great podcast on Hershey, Pennsylvania. That really sounds like the happiest place on earth. And it's nice to learn that Mr. Hershey sounded like a really nice guy." I'm changing what he said. Yeah, yeah. redo. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hershey sounds like real good guy. You asked about milk. I live in Toronto, and we can buy cartons of milk in various small sizes, up to two liters. Most people buy milk in four liters, split up into three bags. I get annoyed at all the plastic. I get one big plastic bag with three small plastic bags, and they, the clerk, asks if I want another plastic bag to put everything in. I always refuse. There's so much waste. I grew up in the 1970s near Ottawa, and I remember big jugs of milk. I am not sure the size. Maybe 128 ounces or an American gallon. Those were recycled. There was so much less waste. I am not sure when jugs went away and bags came in. I think you could do a great show on the history of milk containers. I'll be listening. Well, we did do a little show on the history of the、uh, milk, milk cartons. cartons.、Mm-hmm. So, Fakri, do you want to read the next one? All right. Catherine K wrote in to say, "Hi guys, I'm from Wisconsin, and we have milk in bags. They're sold at Quick Trip, and that's spelled with a K, W I K. I've never heard that before. K W I K. Quick Trip gas stations, which are extremely popular out here, mostly Wisconsin, Northern Iowa, and Eastern Minnesota. Well, that'd be why I haven't been there." <laughs> The milk comes in half-gallon-sized bags, and you can get a free bag with a holder or a pitcher. It's a lot cheaper, even compared to Quick Trip's same milk in jugs. I really prefer it. They also sell chocolate milk and orange juice in the same fashion. Anyway, I'm a new listener and was happy to have something to write in about. Great podcast. Hi, Catherine. Hope you're listening. We're happy to have you as a new listener. And、thank you for writing in. I did not know that you could also get other drinks in bags as well. Dude, I might do the 
chocolate milk in a bag thing. If that was an option, just to be able to say, I have a bag of chocolate milk in my fridge. <laughs> I would be jealous of that. And Shannon W. is also from Wisconsin and also has experience with milk bags. Hi, ladies. I just listened to your Hershey, Pennsylvania podcast. Very enjoyable. I live in Madison, Wisconsin, and we do have milk in a bag here. Throughout the Midwest, namely Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota, you can buy milk in a bag from a chain of convenience stores called Quick Trip. Ah, here we go again. They've been selling it for a few decades now, I believe. It comes with a pitcher, too, that holds the bag. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Food Buffs. We love it when you write in, and we hope all of you have a wonderful day. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.